And now, for some intro music. Hello, welcome back to the Bits and Pieces podcast. This is number six, and this time I am as ever joined by George. Hello. And Gav. You just can't get rid of me. <laughs> we have tried. <laughs> no, no, we I haven't. refuse to leave. We haven't, we haven't. We're not that cruel. How are we doing, guys, anyway? All good? Yeah. Not bad. Being... Surviving so far? Super, super. Should we, should we how, dive how, right into How wintry is it in Scotland at the moment? Um, like I wouldn't on a on like a, a scale. I would say it's like hands are in jacket, not quite gloves yet. Nipples more or less like a bit rigid, but not yet painful. There you go. That's a visual image to start the podcast off with. <laughs> yeah, it's still quite it's still nipples. quite warm, but I swear, like like the temperature like, the temperature dropped to probably like below about eighteen degrees. I was like. I'm done waiting. The scarf is out. So that's fair. So I'm considering cracking out the electric blanket later because the normal one's just not cutting it. So I mean, it's, it's still warm. I just just jump at the opportunity for knitwear. Oh yeah, it's nice to be cozy. Well, it's usually all or nothing, isn't it? It's like you can't really. I find it's hard to be intermediate in these things. Like you know, you you go from wearing a t-shirt, and I'll wear t-shirts as long as I can because. It's not. It's easy, basically. It doesn't cost me much effort. But then, you know, it starts getting a bit cold, and it's like, right. So I have to, I have to shove the cardigan on, and you can't like, you can't half-ass it. You can't half-ass a cardigan. No. If you half-ass a you cardigan, like... you, you end up burning it up or completely. Well, like that was like, like it, it got warm the other day, but I would refuse to stop wearing a scarf. So I was just wearing a t-shirt and a scarf. <laughs> <laughs> You're doing that. Um... Robbie Williams thing, weren't you? No top scarf. That's what you're doing. Yeah, that's, uh, well, you know, it'll it'll come back to the summer. I'll just refuse to take the scarf off. Everything else, <laughs> everything else, I'll lose everything else. <laughs> you're there in the swimming pool, outdoor pool, scarf on. <laughs> yeah, I feel like a wet woolen scarf. Nothing quite like it. In- to increase your pool speed. <laughs> yeah, risk of strangulation, well worth it. <laughs> Other folks standing around, open cardigan and speedos. <laughs> Oh, that's, well, that's that's knitwear thoroughly covered for there you go for the, for the podcast. Thank you for joining us. We'll see you next time. Um, anyway, no, <laughs> that, we... that was the that was the knits and pieces podcast. Oh, <laughs> that was good. That was good. There I mean, you go. If we like, if one Bang. of us had been playing Yoshi's Epic Yarn, then that, like that would <laughs> is it Yoshi's Epic Yarn or Kirby Kirby's Epic Yarn? Kirby. Oh, there was a yeah. different knitted Yoshi game. I think. Well, yeah, is it Yoshi's Woolly World? Maybe that's like that it. I just remember right. the little, little, little uh, plushies that were all knitted and cute. Uh, and unravel that. Is it unravel? The, yeah, mo- the most the recent red in yeah, yeah the, red the, one, red one. the most recent knitted. The red one video yeah. game. It's like a little knitted red thing. Yeah, like the, yeah, the, yeah. there was like an E3 yeah, demo. Yeah, it was just there was like a, and everyone was like, "Oh my god, that's super cute." Yeah, because you, like you unra- like it's this little knitted guy who runs around like a. In the grass, but then can like throw his yarn to you know, like, you know, to like he can like throw it up and use it as a rope to like swing across. But 
you're limited by the amount of yarn you have because the yarn is you. <laughs> the yarn is you. It's got it's got nice metaphysical on it. Anyway, running uh, uh, order. Uh, let's let's let's, thought... let's nail down what we're actually talking about. Than yarn based. Is that all? Is that all the yarn like the wool based games? Those three. <laughs> Anymore. I can't think of any others. <laughs> You're not off the top of my head, no. No, there is a there is that board game, the knitted one, with the oh um, pieces that I forgot the name of. Yeah, that like has string in it. Patchwork. The, uh, patchwork. Yes, that's it. And there's there's also like a there's a well. yeah there's knitwit which is the one where you have lots of string. Yeah, or um, um, there's the the train one where you make train lines from. Bits of string as well. String railway. There we are. I like that game. I think oh. I think we've strung the listeners along. There we are. Oh, long string enough. railway. String railway is really good. Um, anyway, just looks really nice uh, when you build it. Lots of bits of string. Anyway, running order. What we're going to talk about this week that's not wool related. Uh, so, I've been playing Until Dawn. It's very good. We'll talk a bit about that. Uh, you guys have been playing Heat Signature, which I'm quite interested to hear about. Uh, yes. I've also been playing another walkie-talkie game with Sherlock Holmes Crimes and Punishment, which is good. I'll tell you all about that. And then, George, you've been totally at war with Total War Warhammer 2. I have been totally at war with Total War Warhammer 2. Uh, and Gav, <laughs> you've had your head in a cup with Cuphead. I have. And we're gonna t- <laughs> Yes. <laughs> and then, George, is going to tell us a bit about Innis, which is a board game that I can't think of a funny thing to say about it. So, and then we're going to cap off with a quiz that I, I think made it's about. pronounced Inish, or so I've been told. Oh, okay. Fair enough. Inish. That's you told. It is. <laughs> Toldish. Yeah, I was told, and so I must tell you. Pass on the word. Cool, right. Shall I, I'll kick it off with, with Until Dawn. So, so that is the, that's, the, that's the horror, choose your own teen horror adventure, right? Yeah, yeah. It's It looks beautiful, first off. It's like one of the... It's, like the mocap and everything in it, all the character faces and things, it's probably some of the best I've ever seen. For a game that I'm sure can't have made the, a lot of money, an awful lot of money went into making it look absolutely amazing. So, if you, if you don't know, it's about a group of eight teenagers, I think, who go up to a cabin in the woods, classic horror film style, and then bad stuff happens to them, and you get to kind of Choose if you want to try and make them all live, kill off ones that you find particularly irritating, or just <laughs> kill them all off because you need to go see a doctor. I don't know. <laughs> um, so like, so you're you're not playing as any of them. You're just kind of the. You kind of play as them individually. Them. Yeah, yeah. So you like play like a segment as, um, as one character making decisions on their behalf, what they're doing, and then you'll swoop over to doing it from someone else's perspective, and it handles that sort of eight-person perspective really, really well with, um... Just because of how it, um... I what I'm saying. So, each... Cause, because each person has their own personality and kind of how they interact with each character, it's, it does a really good job of, like, not jarring how you move from person to person. It does it quite, quite fluidly, which is quite good. And, um, each person is really different as well. They all, they all feel like distinct characters, especially by by the end for any that are still alive. <laughs> um I had four people live. I did I did okay. I didn't I didn't kill off I only killed off one person because I found them particularly irritating. <laughs> um, How, what is it? A couple of others what died you... completely by accident. 
what did you do to the person you've had irritating? You just like, he... right, I'm gonna send them off on their own. No, I just there's a there's a bit there's bits where you could well you can kind of do that. You can choose to like like join the pack or like leave at places, and you're like, well, obviously the leave is bad, but maybe something good will come of it. Let's um, split up. Yeah. But the, um, that strange the, noise. the one that I chose to let die, I just, I just, there's a moment where you, because it's most, it's kind of partly just done through QTs. So you'll have like, when you're trying to like jump from like ledges or run away and stuff, you've got QTs that pop up. I just purposely missed some of them to see what would happen to him. <laughs> he got his head chopped off. <laughs> oh, so dear. what is, right, so if it's not spoilery, what is the, the threat in Until Dawn? Is it a monster? Is it a. A spooky serial killer, a ghost. Oh, it's kind of hard to say. So, yeah, it the the setup is that you go to a cabin after something, uh, so something bad's happened the year before, and um, eight friends meet up again after the bad event of the previous year, and it's the story unfolds from there. So, the, as you're going up towards the cabin, you see letters about like escaped psycho, uh, escaped um, convict loose on the on the side of the woods and uh like newspaper clippings about similar things like that sort of thing happening and spooky stuff in that way i won't spoil it because it it, it, ha- it has some good twists in it so um but that's kind of the basic premise yeah we can kind of start to once you've played like the first sort of chapter or two you probably start to guess kind of what it's doing because it's not massively uh, original in the way it deals with a lot of the, the twists, but it's still enjoyable to sort of work through them. If you is it quite I mean. like tongue in cheek at all? Is like quite sort of satirical no, I, I horror genre. I mean, there might be some, especially at the beginning, kind of like jokes about that in that way a bit. But a lot of it is just quite like, quite nice and serious. So, well, serious is probably the wrong word, but it kind of it. It tries to portray itself as a horror game that you, where you control all eight characters, mm. and I think it pulls it off quite nicely. Because there's, there's even at the end where they all, whoever lives, then has like a debrief with like the police, and they all have, depending on how you've, what you've done in the story, they all say different things, which is quite good. Because you know, like in in Telltale games, like you kind of maybe make choices, they kind mm. of still lead back to the same sort of conclusion. Because yeah. you can literally just have characters die, you'll just miss out big bits in what their story should be on the mountain. Like the guy that I killed off sort of a third of the way into the game, I think. Maybe maybe half. His story just ends at that point. Like the characters still talk about him as if like about like not as if he was there, but as in like like oh what would might he do in this situation sort of thing, like as in like they recognise his loss to like the the team almost which is really mm. really nice that it doesn't just like he's dead ignored and but there's still like if he lived you would play as that character in later chapters doing whatever it is they would be doing at that point which is good it does sound pretty good yeah the choices yeah. feel like they have real weight which is really nice yeah that like yeah, that, i always cause i always end up like falling out of telltale games because there'd be those seg- like you'd have these You'd have the really exciting conversation segments and segments where like you're making those decisions, but I was like, like I always hated the bits in Telltale games where it's like, and now you're in just like an open area, and you need to go around and like talk to a checklist of characters, yeah, or like find eight things by interacting with the environment like six times. Yeah, I mean you don't have to do any of like like go and find and talk to stuff. You just 
you can just sort of go forward in the story but if you there's some really nice things around it when if you find clues uh, just by wandering around and exploring then the characters will talk about them in conversation they'll have so if you don't find uh for example like the clue clipping with like the serial like the the, the serial killer psychopaths like um oh, what is it there's a no, that's it there's a a phone recording fairly early on that's like warning the people at the house about this escaped psychopath but then if you don't find that recording then the character you're playing as never talks about it in like two or three chapters time but if you find it then they'll have a conversation about finding this this phone recording so it does a really good thing of like you don't have to go and explore and find stuff but i feel like it almost enriches the game by you doing that that's just quite nice See, when I when I first saw it, one of the the first things I thought about it was well, obviously there was the telltale comparisons in the head. Mm. Then obviously because it was a kind of a, almost a realistic looking game, I feel like there's one man that is to blame for any trepidation I feel towards games like that. Yeah, and his name rhymes with Cavid Dage. <laughs> and I I did end up hearing that the game was actually good, yeah. which would be very different from anything David Cage has ever made. Apart from yeah, maybe it, Fahrenheit. It is. It's, you know, like in the beginning that, of yeah, he's um, just like a Fahrenheit where you, Telltale Games where have kind of kill the person in the bathroom. Like upset me in one direction because nothing you ever decide really matters so, in the end. Imagine the entire and... game is kind of just yeah. There are loads of different ways you can like the the best bit of that game. The all of Until Dawn is just is like that best bit of that game throughout. It, yeah, there is. I don't feel like there's any bit of it that kind of is like a drop where you go. This is kind of might feel like i'm being channeled into one one area or like it's going off the rails and being a bit mad it has a fairly consistent tone throughout and it does it does evolve as it goes through and but it is it's really good and even the game isn't the game is surprisingly long as well i think it's about like seven or maybe like nine hours long or something it took me which is a long time for a game like that far longer than i was expecting i was expecting like five at the most and it goes nearly, yeah. nearly double that so not bad it's really good i highly recommend it i yeah i once i started playing it i just couldn't put it down it was yeah i found it just really compelling i've had it for a while downloaded on my ps4 and not touched it so it's really good it has some really interesting as you play through it you unlock like documentary footage of like the filming of and meeting the characters and like the actors and stuff, which is just really interesting as well for from someone who enjoys watching how games are made. So, I recommend just watching those as well. Like, it has like cool. bits about the inspiration and bits about like the, talking to the actors about how they felt about their characters and then like filming it and how like they animated on top of the mocap and stuff. So, yeah, it's really, really it's a, it's a one of those games that I've been meaning to try for ages. Now, I was like, I'll just see what it's like, and then just couldn't stop. It's brilliant. Well enjoyed it. Thumbs up. Yeah. Oh, I will say one last thing about it that is, that is uh, just a mechanic that was just fantastic. You know how the um, the PS4 controllers are, they have like the motion stuff in them. So there are, certain, yeah. there are certain points in the game where you where it, it goes don't move, and it means like don't move the controller. So it makes an intense like situation happening on screen really tense for you because you're like shit do not move <laughs> they're holding the controller the little light comes up on the bottom of the screen you've like and you, it, if you start to wobble it shows it wobble and you're like oh god <laughs> that's so really it cool. does a, it's really nice like way of interacting with what's happening and like 
bits that almost feel like there could just be a cutscene that's really really good it's like a yeah rather than just being like press a button it's like hold controller still <laughs> which I, I really appreciated yeah, it's it's always fun when things actually bother to use a controller in a way that actually works or makes sense. So. Yeah, yeah. Like I've been playing um, Terraway Unfolded, which just uses it to death. It uses it more than anything ever. Like you, you use the touchpad, you use the motion control, you shine the light thing on the camera. It's, yeah, I was really, really glad that Until Dawn did something with it because it was really nice to have that one bit that was just like, hold still. And I think if you've got a camera as well, you can have it. It takes photos of you like <laughs> at certain points that it thinks are gonna where you're gonna be like 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 jump scares and stuff um, <laughs> i played it in the dark so i didn't really do anything on mine but yeah because you've got you've got a uh ps visa right now i do yes because that had the like the sort of that funny touch screen on the back were there any were there many games that made kind of good use of it i'm gonna guess that Tearaway again did but i've not none of the games i've ever played on it have used it uh, Persona uses the touchscreen on the front for like a couple of bits of it, but not really. I don't think it was very well used from memory. I can't. I can't think of any. Nothing else I played used the touchscreen. Uh, so I'm gonna go with no. Which is a shame because it it has some really nice features to it. Because the front screen is a full touchscreen as well. Oh, that's a shame. Yeah. 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 I can't think of anything that did, but I could. If anyone else thinks of one, feel free to comment or tweet us or whatever. Us. Yeah, I could. I'm probably wrong, so I just can't think of anything. Um, but anyway, until done, it's fantastic. I recommend you you play it, Gav. It's so good. Uh, but it's PS4 exclusive, so George, you're out of luck. You need to steal someone's PS4. Or yeah, like... I mean that's like. It's, yeah, that's the one game that like that does look really interesting. And I'd like yeah. to play. It's probably a really good game to just play with a friend and stuff, and like like each of you just like take like pick four characters each that you each control, and then you just take it in turns, and then you you play their story, and the other person plays the other ones, which is. It does seem fun to just like laugh about how you like don't like a character and just kind of get them bumped off or. Yeah, yeah. Or you kind of just take to some of them. You're like, oh, you, I, you're proper irritating, but they just kind of have like one moment of like, of like, just like that shines through. You're like, go on then. You, you, you're actually okay. It's <laughs> like, I, I, I don't want you to die quite so much anymore or something. They, they do a really good job with all the characters, I think, to make them all feel distinct. And they're all kind of irritating in their own way, but um, yeah, it's good. It's one of those games that I'd probably replay again in like a year or so, and then see if I make different choices. Because I imagine it's, it, bits of it could be really different if someone else, if one of the people are dead, or if... Um... Yeah, it sounds like it puts quite a lot of weight on replaying to get all the different storylines to have, have different people survive. Yeah, yeah. And I, I don't know how different like the main plot would be, but I imagine because like, you, you could get people killed off like relatively early and then they just won't have the bit that they would otherwise be in i suppose so like them not being alive impacts what other characters would do so yeah no um it's pretty good i'm gonna draw a line to that because i could talk about it's a heavy recommendation definitely definitely um yeah talking about other other hot games you guys have been playing heat signature good (laughs) 
Yeah. Nice one. Yeah. Converted the topic. <laughs> Dead smooth. Yeah. Yeah. Me and Gav both both uh, both picked up heat signature. Uh, I got which on George's is... recommendation. Yeah, I know nothing I, uh, about it, so do tell. So uh, it came out. I think it's about a week and a bit old, and the like. I've heard like I've seen, it's not an unreasonable description. It's a bit like my Hotline Miami crossed with Super Hot in space. Okay. So it's that kind of it's similar sort of top down. Was you know, like controls as. And as Hotline Miami, like he's, uh, but you're in space, and the general job is you, you're a stealthy person that <laughs> gets given a little like pod to fly around space, and you yeah. break onto spaceships to achieve a mission, which is usually assassinate someone, uh, capture someone, and take them back to your one of your bases, mm. or steal the ship, or steal an item. Right. Um, and so basically, you have this like, you have a, yeah, you have that, you have this, you basically get a randomly generated galaxy that's kind of split up into, or like a system that's kind of split up into four factions, uh, mm. and there are loads of little like nodes, which are these kind of bases all over the map. Uh, and so as you play more, you you can liberate the bases, which essentially functions as the tech tree, because when you liberate a new base, you get access to new stuff in the shop. Yeah, it's like uh, per- persistent progression, like because it's it's basically a roguelike. Mm. So yeah. that it kind of functions as as your kind of progression, because you can get a lot of the items by just, you know, you know, getting them all randomly. But yeah, if you um, yeah, because your your character you don't you play as a uh, lots of different characters because you can your characters die and basically then you just get given a new character who yeah. starts with like two like random shitty starting weapons and a very tiny bit of money and basically right. you just keep doing missions that slowly unlock more bases that kind of essentially add, add to the tech tree um and then after a while you can unlock your character's personal mission so whenever you start a new character it will mm. say personal mission i need to rescue my brother from x faction or i need to get revenge on so and so and basically, after you kind of complete enough missions, you earn it's like intel. You can yeah, which you intel can, is like the money somehow. Yeah. And so you can either spend that on weapons, or you can spend it on unlocking your personal mission. And when you oh. complete the personal mission, you can retire your character. Ah, cool. Or you can complete really stupid hard missions for the um, for the kind of main, the person who's running the kind of liberation thing, in order to get that personal mission cost down. Right. Usually, you, they'll be really, really hard, but kind of worth it in a way. Yeah, like there, like the storyline is sort of very minimal to just yeah. vaguely explain what's going on, because essentially the core of the game is breaking onto the spaceship. It all goes completely wrong, and you just kind of have fun coming up with creative ways to just get out of the terrible situation you've ended up in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the game is it's like it's laser focused. I feel like. Space games these days have a bit of a, a focus problem in general. There's there's this like habit with people making like a, a video game set in space where they're like, right, so we have to do f- absolutely everything. Mm. You know, like oh, you know, the player insists they must be able to, you know, like they have to be able to be a space pirate. They have to, 
trade they have to have a crafting you know all this but this this yeah, is a game yeah. that is specifically about you're a, a wee person in a pod <laughs> and you can crash into the side of spaceships and break into them and that that's the game and that's it completely like tightly designed around that concept cool. yeah because basically like, every spaceship is like randomly generated like for the mission and essentially it's just this little like combat stealth puzzle so, like, if you have played Far Cry, like, or lots of World War where they have, like, outposts that are often the most enjoyable part of the game, where it's just, like, these free-form sections to just kind of take over an outpost however you want. Uh, like, this, like, so basically every mission is just, you start the mission, you read the briefing, uh, it's worth, like, if it's a hard mission, it's definitely worth, like, paying attention to the briefing and doing some, like, prep to get the right gear. And then basically just shoot off and approach the puzzle however you want. So you right. could hide, so like you can hijack another ship that's just randomly flying through the system, fly, so just just board a complete the complete the wrong ship, kill everyone on that ship, take that ship, and ram it into the ship that you need to do the mission on. Or you can fire because your little pod has no weapons. It's essentially this just this tiny little stealth vehicle that is so small that other ships ignore it uh or you can you know you can sneak on board and just completely ghost your way through the ship so no one ever knows you're there you never harm anyone and like you sneak in do the objective or you jump in and you just blast your way through like it's yeah and it's, it's just facilitated by the kind of array of weapons it gives you like like you get all these these weird guns that are kind of difficult to figure out what to do with at first like you think to yourself, why would I ever need to use a, a swapper gun, or what use is this like the, these traps? But you can come up with some like weirdly creative stuff with them. Yeah. Where you can you can find ways like right. So let's just say you have no like there's an armored target with a, a personal shield, and let's just say you have no other. You, you can't really you, you can't figure out how to kill them. So what you can do is put down one of these traps and then like basically lure them into it, shooting them out into space, or you can break a window. Like there's a lot of things that you just like figure out mm. as as you go along and like there's probably stuff I've not even thought of with all these weapons and things. So how does the super hot element work like this? So the like the at any point you so a lot the way a lot of the combat goes is you rather than being kind of fluidly controlling the action it's far more like you basically the space bar is pause mm. and it's far more a series of like pause it's all played in real time but it feels far more like pause set up a like line up your shot or like right. line up your melee attack and then you fire which unpauses or like you hit melee which like lunges you forwards instantly into the target mm. and so you you play far more between these like freeze frames which makes it which makes some really interesting things like you might teleport into a room and you have the snapshot of you just and suddenly there are like six guys pointing guns at you and like if you if you watched it in real time it, it would literally take place in like two seconds but mm. you have these really cool moments which like teleport into a room uh hit the guy closest to you over the head with a wrench you grab his gun shoot the guy furthest away from the room then because the gun, you can't, like most guns have cooldown, you can't like rapid fire them. So you, you don't have time for the gun to cool down. So you throw the gun at the third guy, then throw your wrench at the fourth guy, knocking him out. 
and then like uh, like and so that all t- and like that takes place in like a fraction of a second, but you it's constantly like teleport pause okay uh melee oh, yeah. pause uh throw the gun pause uh throw the wrench pause like grab the gun teleport. It's, yeah, so it's, it's it's a lot of fun. Or cool, but like you can't. So you, like a lot of the missions are like you can sneak your way through, but a lot of the time stuff just goes wrong, and it's kind of how you get out of that situation. Yeah. So like, oh, uh, like, like... oh yeah, you go. Oh well, I was gonna say like once you unlock a number of weapons in the game, like there's like it, it's quite difficult, I think, to just pure stealth it to begin with because basically. They get access to parts of the the ships through keycards, and you need to kill someone or knock them out and take their keycard. But eventually, you'll get weapons like keycard cloners, and that makes it a lot easier to just do like pure stealth runs by just like you know dodging people, clone his keycard, run through. I think they're they're gonna add like proper pickpocketing and stuff as well, which will make for uh, more stealthy it's, gameplay. It's, it's in there at the moment. If you can get close enough to someone, you can actually just take the keycard. Yeah, but I think you can't take their weapon or something like that. I don't know. Uh, I, I, yeah, I, I, I really don't know. I've important. never, I've never got close to someone. I've never tried to just pickpocket. Yeah, uh, and to be I, honest, like they don't ever have good enough weapons that it's important to take them. Usually, like there's been never been as like they usually just have like level, you know, like, common guns and stuff. Hmm. Yeah, like my my main strategy is a lot of it's all like where I can is just literally like run in and just grab everything so that I always have stuff to throw. Yeah, like I think at one point my inventory was a gun and seven wrenches. Yeah, because throwing <laughs> is like throwing is basically a free action, and you can just launch things all over the place like a madman. <laughs> sometimes it's <laughs> sometimes like it doesn't. Sometimes it like I think wrenches always knock people out, but sometimes like if you throw a gun, it doesn't always knock them out. So it can be I really awkward. Yeah. It's like you throw the gun and it, shooting. Yeah, and it just like hits the guy in the face and surprises him a bit. I've thrown the wrong weapon on a number of times and just been like, oh. <laughs> yeah, well, like it, so you like you get uh, so there's like uh, swappers where you click on an enemy and it swaps your place with them. Uh, there's mm. uh, visitors, which are which is essentially personal teleporters, but you can, but it returns you to your the location you teleported from. Yeah, after a couple so of seconds. That those are those are kind of my favorite because like let's just say there's a group of four guards or something you can teleport in amongst them, like kill about three or like maybe not quite do right basically and still have that safety net where it's like ah, no, right i'm away sorry lads <laughs> yeah so like every the first thing like all the weapons are like have like these this like very specific niche and then there's also uh another teleporter but you can only teleport to places that you could travel to so like you could it can't teleport you through anything but like, it can't teleport you through closed doors mm. um yeah, and it's essentially like, and it is really cool when, yeah, basically when you have these thing moments where everything goes wrong and you have like a sort of skinnier teeth escape where you manage to complete the mission, mm-hmm. like you accidentally trigger the alarm that gives you like a twenty second timer before uh, like the sh- the ship breaches the enemy base and you get captured, right. And, like, you have these moments where suddenly you forget about the objective because you just need to take out the pilot that stops the ship. <laughs> and, like, I, like I have, yeah, I've had moments where it's, like, pause. How can I make it to the pilot and take them out in six seconds? Yeah. 
and like you have and you and it's nice because you like the time pressure is there, but the fact that you could constantly pause and like or like teleport places and like mm. get around the time makes it makes for a really interesting puzzle. Yeah, it's it's really it's really good fun when basically when you make a complete arse of it and still manage to somehow or other yeah get to the pilot in like six seconds. And I think the pressure there is like it's double because basically usually when you when you basically get shot in the game, they don't like kill your character even though it's a roguelike. They they basically chuck you out the airlock, and then you pick yourself up with your pod. You you lose some kind of like overall health, mm-hmm. like a, a timer basically depletes permanently when you're out in in the coldness of space. Yeah, but if if you're actually on a ship and the uh, alarm timer runs out, like you just get captured and that's your character gone. Right. Yeah, like it's weird in how it punishes you. Like sometimes, so yeah, you can be shot. And just chucked out of space, and that doesn't affect you at all. Uh, like if, yeah. it, like they, if, they, if it was like a concussive weapon or like a non-lethal, oh, yeah, yeah. it just knocks as you out. As long as you, as long as you don't completely whiff picking yourself up in your pod, you're fine. But and then other times, like the timer runs out and the ship returns to its base, your character is immediately captured, and that's you've lost them. However, sometimes if a character is captured, you can re-roll into a new character whose personal mission is to rescue the character that was captured. Hell, how? Yeah. So I've actually seen. I actually got sorry. I actually got a personal mission to rescue one of your characters, George. And it's like you will get your friend Furious George's. Oh, really? Character <laughs> if you rescue them because you can. Cool. cool. Apparently, when you retire, um, and I think it's as well, you can find friends' weapons in the, in the game. All right. Um, like they'll just show like so they just show up in other people's games. That's um, a nice feature. And there's a there's a rare weapon that I think you can only find for like a limited amount of time called at the moment called the everything gun that will just like randomly be on like a random ship flying through the galaxy that i think will like flash uh and it's a, uh, it's a gun that shoots when you shoot it shoots out every object on the floor that you can see <laughs> <laughs> so it just fires out like a shotgun of like all the guns and weapons that are just on the floor that's cool um but yeah like it is awesome but there are it does have frustrating moments where, like, the difficulty is just impossible. Yeah, definitely. Like, it, it's this weird, like, it's this balancing act of sometimes you do a mission and it's just too, like, the ju- sometimes the jump from, like, medium pretty much all the time is often just too easy. Yeah, definitely. Like, mm-hmm. it's and almost, so- like, basically, if you're on medium, they ne- the guards never have any special abilities. Like, there's only just ever a few of them and maybe a couple sentries. Yeah, like, you you could probably walk, like, you can walk into the ship with, like, yeah, just a wrench and basically, essentially be fine. Because, like, the combat feels really cool. Mm. Uh, but, yeah, it's really easy because it's just, you just knock someone out, throw the wrench, grab a gun, throw that, and go. But then the jump to hard can be huge. Because some of the missions have timers that just start as soon as you accept the mission. Which right, means... Yeah. Which sometimes means just like failure isn't really punishing for your character, but it literally just means, yeah, there's no time to. Yeah, like especially when the the position of where the ship you'll have to drive to is a bit random as well, and so sometimes you can get a uh, one where it's like ah, so you have a, a sixty second timer, but the ship you have to go to to get on, you know, rescue the person or whatever is miles away, mm. and it's like right, so that's a solid 40 seconds of my timer already gone. Like, I can't do this now. 
Oh, is it just for the randomization that it ends up being a bit? A bit. I mean, it's not usually that bad, but that's kind of an extreme example. But right. it can happen that way in a way. Right. Yeah, or like the. There's a lot of times where. Because like the real yeah like the essence of the game is these crazy stories and getting out of these bad situations, but it happens more like quite a lot where you get into a bad situation, but it it just isn't salvageable. Like it's like the alarm goes off, you get knocked out, they chuck you off the ship, but mm. there's like no point redocking and trying again because there's like twenty like twenty seconds left, right? And like the guards are impossible. And so there's, yeah. there's loads of there's loads of points which is like ah I give up. Which uh, but when it does like, but that's it like yeah it's it's like fifty fifty as to whether you're going to get a mission that is, or if you're like playing the harder missions that is just simply impossible, not impossible yeah, but especially... like punishingly hard, or or it's 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 awesome and you have a really cool like thing. Yeah, it, it's kind of the the eternal struggle of the the kind of semi randomized roguelike sort of game like you know whether when you're playing darkest dungeon it's a question of will i have like like you, you know the game is going to punish you that's part of why you're playing it mm-hmm. and the question is will you have a bunch of close escapes lose some characters or will you just run into a position where it's like oh kind of that's that and it just it's sometimes you know sometimes it doesn't feel like there's maybe an adequate um you know, you don't feel like, oh, I was defeated by the game. Sometimes it's just like, ah, that's just bad luck. That's just kind of happened. Yeah, 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 bad luck in a way. But and it, and I guess it is with RNG yeah. and stuff. But I suppose I think Darkest Dungeon has it particularly bad when like because you need higher level characters in order to do like the bosses and stuff. It's like sometimes just getting to the point of having someone strong ends up with one of them dead, and you're like, fucking game. <laughs> I just wanted to do the boss and stuff. Darkest yeah. Dungeon. That that game ends up being such a time sink because every mission just takes so long. Yeah, I mean that's yeah. like with I mean with with his signature. I think one of the things I really appreciate is how not like like is how like time friendly it is because because yeah. it it launches instantly and it just instantly puts you in the base ready to accept a mission. Mm. Yeah, and you can do and missions be- really quickly, like quite quickly. And yeah, so even you- even like the hardest longest mission, well will probably only be like a few minutes of your time if once you do it. Yeah, yeah like if you're if you're very like so if you're very methodical, some of the harder long missions you might go like ten minutes. Yeah. Is there like an overarching story then between Yeah I mean like roughly or... you're you're liberating these little like no base like bases which essentially just look like little nodes on a kind of web. Right. That um they are controlled by factions, and you are the independents. Um, and you you're liberating them for some reason, right? Okay. So, yeah. So, but as you complete missions, it gives you liberation points every time. Essentially, every time you level up your liberation points, you get to unlock a new base. So, just kind of essentially, you liberate a new node, and each base actually has a sort of they're called defector missions. Where that are like pre pre designed sort of scenario missions where you just start as like I think some of the, like they're they're more like setup levels where you start as a character with a specific weapon set oh, on a specific mission. That's cool. That's cool. I tell it's good. Is it good? Yeah, it or... is. I I I good? really like it. 
as much as there are like moments where it's just like ah, it's frustrating. Mm. I just that, that that kind of yeah, it comes with the territory. It's something you kind of just have to deal with, I guess. Like mm. if you enjoy the kind of these like really f- satisfying combat puzzles, you'll like it's it's great. Yeah, there are a couple of moments where it's just like ah, oh, I didn't go great. But the great the great thing is though, you it's literally simple case of just fly back to the base, immediately jump into a new mission. Yeah, yeah. it it never it's never especially because I feel like. Like you say, with games like Darkest Dungeon, some roguelikes, when they involve really heavy RPG elements, they do become a, honestly, a time sink, kind of a bit of a waste of time. I know you can get in Darkest Dungeon, like, you know, you can get your new recruits to start at certain levels and stuff, but because it doesn't yeah. have, like, that kind of, um, that sort of, uh, like, RPG element, like, obviously, you have to find weapons and stuff, but mm. there's no, like, grind, even if your character gets captured, it's, like, new character, and... You know, you can maybe do a bit of a harder mission, get money quicker, find better weapons straight away. Right. But yeah, it's, it's a good game. Cool. And what, just like £10.99 or something. Cool. Cool. Very, very good. Excellent. Sounds good. Uh, so, I mean, you've had some interesting puzzles of your own. That was, that was my attempt at the segue. Crime puzzles. It was good. It was good. So, yeah, the other walking, talking game I've been playing is Sherlock Holmes Crimes and Punishment. So, whereas Until Dawn have you sort of glued to the screen, like, just in, like, intense, like, moments of being, like, oh, God, what's going to happen next? Sherlock Holmes, I'm just going, hmm, I wonder what's happening here. <laughs> um, it's, it's really good, Sherlock Holmes Crimes and Punishment. If you're looking for, like, an adventure game that lets you do, like, actual sort of, actual sort of detective work and try to piece things together and, and try to understand what's happened in a murder, it's it does a very very good job of job of that because at the end of each case you kind of have to try and make a coherent uh idea of what's happened and you can be wrong you can you can accuse the wrong person you can um end up with like the killer or whoever just getting away and being fine you just yeah you can cock are you are you playing home. as sherlock or are you yeah yeah you play as sherlock so you get to do some really cool things with you know, a bit like in the BBC TV show where uh, Sherlock kind of, he looks at a person and like the words pop out around them like, like I don't know, like leather jacket, biker, sort of thing like that. So you, when you talk to people, you get to like have this like moment where you kind of sweep across them and you hover the cursor over specific parts and it lights up to be like, like um, no wedding ring or like, like uh, rough hands worker and like, or like, smart jacket and stuff and then in conversation when they say something you can contradict them by being like well i know that you do this because i've seen this about you or or something which is it's really nice you can you really do feel like you're being sherlock holmes in that way which is really good um yeah unless you're unless you're wrong unless you're wrong but you've usually (laughs) usually you're not because all the uh, most of the other options are just nothing to do with what's going on and Nine times out of ten, the dialogue choice is something that you've just done. So you've just swept around them, figured out who they are, and then it'll be like, press X and you'll choose an option, and it'll just be one of the things you've just seen. Or sometimes it's ones where you've had a conversation with someone else and you'll be like, well, so-and-so has said this, and they'll be like, oh, well... uh, (laughs) Which it it does a really good good job of, of sort of simulating this sort of, you being a detective and trying to solve what's going on really well. Um, 
Yeah, and it's got some of the... Um, so, I think three out of the five cases in the game are completely fresh ones. They're not based on current of, of existing Sherlock Holmes stories. And I think that, that pretty much all of them hold up. Wait, so two of them are existing Sherlock Holmes stories? Yeah, they're kind of based off them. So, they... Um, there are bits that are slightly different, but in general, yeah, they're kind of good recreations of Sherlock Holmes stories. And they, I, I kind of, I know the story, so it kind of that those ones were kind of like, oh, I, I guess know, it, yeah, I guess it was I know who did to... it. Uh, but it's quite nice just to go through the motions of be like, like trying to figure out what, like, what's like the puzzle bits that are actually in the game itself. Um, one of the only real down like bits that I found quite frustrating are some of the weird puzzles that are in it. So there. are there are there are some good ones. Like there are good ones where when when you need to pick a lock, it does this sort of like line puzzle that you have to try and figure out. And that I find that one quite satisfying. But there are some really stupid ones as well. Where there's one where you have to try and make a case for a for a knife to go into to try and do an experiment. And it, oh, it just, it's just it's just bad puzzle making in places. You can skip them, but um, Sherlock it's just Holmes a shame and the that like case of the poorly fitting knife. Yeah, because like it, it, I don't think it'd be so bad, but it's really pedantic about like how like blocks are like turned and stuff, and you can't always tell exactly how it's meant to be. It's like there oh, you've got to move it a millimeter to the left, and then I'll recognize it as being finished or wrong or something. But apart from some puzzles that are kind of weirdly abstract and don't really make any sense, and feel like probably didn't need to have them, it could just have just have not include any of those weird puzzles. Like they just sort of someone on the team like to make puzzles, so they let them. <laughs> what does um does Watson have much of a role? Like, no, is, is, really. is he the he like helper fought... character that's like, have you tried this? No, no, he doesn't do that. At he all. doesn't he like just wanders around and goes, like game tutorial. <laughs> he just wanders around and goes, I wonder what we should do next, and like I don't know what's <laughs> going on here. <laughs> He's basically just the idiot that what follows you around. He has maybe he, make, he makes you feel uses. better about not knowing what's going on. Yeah, he maybe has a few uses throughout the entire thing where you like get him to do something for you, but apart from that, no, he's um, he doesn't really do anything. Um, but no, it's it's just a really good, solid like detective game that makes you feel like a detective. In because you'll examine all the evidence, you examine like the body and stuff. A lot of it's just sort of hovering a cursor over and and seeing what it is, but then at the end you kind of pick which way who did it and what you like understand from the evidence and stuff and yeah that sounds that sounds pretty good, good. i you kind of I, you have a there's kind of the problem i think with people that make detective games sometimes is their tendency to like essentially you know you'd think if you want to be in the shoes of the detective the idea is you should examine the evidence be given opportunities to Either use the game's mechanics or exercise your own perceptivity yeah, to, mm. you know, find things out yeah. and then come to a conclusion. But the problem I think lots of games have is they, they include bits of that, but then essentially they, they take most of it out of your hands and then, like, some story happens. Yeah. And that kind of decides what happens. And it's like, mm. it's like why have me do that then? It's a bit of a waste of time. Yeah, yeah. There's, it does a really good job of like it. The story sort of plays out and things happen, but then at the end it goes, "Well, what do you think ha- actually happened? Who did it?" Rather yeah, than just final. going like, oh, "You figured it out," I and mean, like, "Did I though?" Or did yeah. like, the game just it's like, kind of say this is the answer? Whether 
the whether the detective work is something you have to figure out or whether it's essentially just a series of kind of mini challenges for you to clear mm. is i think an important difference yeah and it's, it's, it's not perfect but um it, it definitely does a good job of like especially at the, at the end of each case when you pick what's happened and stuff it does a good job there of, of tying it together and you feeling like you've picked i picked the right answer in if you if you fit the right answer of like you've understood what's happened rather than you've just being very much a spectator and just being like just following it around yeah having like a fail condition seems really like seems like a really important part rather than because i think there's some games it's like did you figure out what happens enter every combination until you find the right one so like even if you don't know what's going on it's just like does this work no does this work no does this work no Mm. yes you worked it out i was like you didn't i just tried all of the shapes in the circular hole yeah exactly yeah um yeah i feel like there's a lot of the puzzles because you can like you can skip them but like there's loads of puzzles and they just, just don't need to be in it i felt like they were kind of just there just to pad the game out a bit because if you mm. take away all the puzzles the game's a bit half the length than it is which i would be fine with i don't feel like it needs to be like, this massive long game each each case takes about an hour probably an hour and a half at most and then l- less than that if you just take away the puzzles but it's good it's good it's got some good bits in it where there were a couple of moments where i was like i don't know who's done this and then as you kind of uncover more evidence it really unfolds and you can kind of like read more into certain bits and it's re- it's really good really good i think it's have on you... all consoles and platforms and whatever so have you have you played um uh sherlock holmes consulting detective board game i haven't no because that that is really fun for like feeling like a detective because essentially it's you yeah it's a Sherlock Holmes game and you get it's like yeah it's, it says you get read a little bit of story that tells you about the murder mm. and then you travel around like a map of London yeah and so you yeah, have this yeah. like big old time map of London and you can like you get given like a newspaper for the day mm. and like you can say the murder might be like and they were murdered at this location and there's like a there's like a london directory that will has like that essentially has all the locations in london that you can visit mm. um so it might be like the murder took place here and you like look it up and it's like the you know like it's like murder location page 54 and it like takes you to the crime scene and reads you a little bit of story about the crime scene yeah oh, that's cool and so like and you so yeah, you just basically move around London, visit places, sort of hear these different bits of story, mm. uh, and basically the more places you visit, the you like get points deducted. Yeah, and so uh, essentially you're trying to like you're hearing these snippets of story, put together the kind of clues that you're hearing, mm. uh, and then at any point you want, you can say, "I've cracked it. I'm, mm. I'm ready to turn to like the answer page," and there like it asks you a couple of questions. It like what does this, like, what's the significance of Lady Jessica's ad in the Sunday Times? Yeah. And you're like, what? I didn't even know that that was a thing. <laughs> or it'd be like, why was the victim's skull bashed in the shape of a pineapple? <laughs> like, That'd oh. be quite impressive. Yeah, it'd be very impressive. <laughs> and you're a like, oh, it's because of this. And then you like, you see the answers and then you, and then like, Holmes sort of walks in and goes, Ah, but of course, I knew all along it was Smytheson, the cobbler, who 
wanted to take back his money that he was owed. Yeah, that's cool. Uh, and then you basically uh, like you get to, like you get like marked on how many places you visited and what points you got, and so you get to like you get given points. And I think Ho- like Holmes's points is like a hundred, and you get to see how close you got to to Sherlock Holmes. Cool. It sounds good. That's pretty interesting. Yeah, it's, it's a lot of fun for like sitting around and just kind of reading a story and like pacing in a dressing gown as you discuss. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. It's been on my radar for a while that I keep meaning to pick it up because it sounds really good. Uh, oh, the other thing Crimes of Punishment Sherlock Holmes does is after you pick a, a uh, pick who did the who you think did the murder, uh, you get to like kind of absolve them or condemn them. So it tries to. I've not read Crimes and Punishment, but um, it's about kind of like the like struggles of like the working class and stuff, and like like making choices that about that sort of thing. I think from memory of glancing at the Wikipedia page. So I need to look into it more because it's maybe interested in Crimes and Punishment as a book. Is like, like what it's about? Because it's kind of like a novel. Pardon? Is it Crime and Punishment? Yeah, that may be saying Crimes. I meant Crime. Either way, um, as it as it happens, I I once uh, I once wrote on that book. So yeah. our resident English. Oh, there you go. Yeah, there you go. Uh, I mean, it's it's a Russian book, but I wrote on it once for good reason. What did you write on it? There you go. <laughs> uh, I his name, drew a picture his name. of a penis on it, the front. It was his copy. See, that's what I assumed it was. So <laughs> exactly. Um, never read it, but I did. I did uh, scribble a lot on the pages. Uh, no, good, I did good, good to know. It, it's it's a it's a good book, but it's a. Uh, uh, I don't know where I'm going with this. It's a you know, kind of work of a, nineteenth century Russian, kind of pre-existentialism. So yeah, well, I read um, War and Peace last year, and I, I didn't expect to enjoy that at all, and found it fascinating. So, a, yeah, War and Peace is a dead good book. Yeah, it's just really long, really long, uh, but absolutely amazing. Yeah, people are really put off by it just because it's fucking massive. Yeah, yeah, uh, I'm well kill you. Well I've been it. a third of the way through Count of Monte Cristo for five years now. <laughs> <laughs> really? Yeah, yeah I was like, I made, I, I read about a third. Yeah, and really enjoyed it, and, I, and then it's just kind of sat on my bookshelf. I was like, I need to pick it up because I got, yeah, I got about a third of the way in in, an, you know, over a couple of months. But now it just sits on my bookshelf, this, like this weight. To be fair, that, yeah. that does have two very excellent films, so you could be fine just to. Watch What's the films. second one? I know the. I love the. Uh, I'm trying to use in it, but it's, yeah, it's just. There's the like camp, a modern like, one and an old one, basically. Yeah, with the guy from Memento in yes. as the villain. Yeah, and the old one, uh, you know, at the end of uh, Viva Vendetta. As, oh yeah, of course he, he, he watch it, they watch that. it in that. Get your own tree. There we are. <laughs> That's, That's it. Yeah. 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 It's in there. But yeah, yeah, it was, watch, it was watching it. Yeah, it was watching the modern one that's just like the modern one is very different to the plot, but is this very it's a very fun like swashbuckling adventure. Yeah. You don't get you don't get many of these days. Uh I definitely recommend the modern one, but I was like, I really enjoyed that, I want to read the book. Mm. Is it a long book then, is it? It's a very it's it's a hefty tome. Is it? Fair enough. It's probably about as long as War and Peace. Right. Uh, those massive, massive 18th, 19th century. 
European books uh, in the is, vein of like yeah, War and Peace and uh, so Les Miserables and stuff like that. Excluding notes, it is twelve thousand and forty-three pages. Sorry, twelve. 12 1,200 1, pages. <laughs> it's, it's not 12,000 pages. It's just a bookshelf. <laughs> it is a small library. No, it's 1,200 it's yeah, it's 1200 pages. Fair enough. It's about... Oh. Yeah. That's that's a lot. To be fair, though, I have read eight of the Wheel of Time books, and each one of those are about 700 pages long, so... Yeah. The War, I mean, I've watched the War and Peace miniseries. Same. Uh, it was the really BBC. good, wasn't it? Amazing. Really yeah. Um, speaking of war. It's... Yeah, I forgot what we were talking about. Go talk about the Total War. I think all, all three of us, I think, came to that segue. Yeah. And not peace. <laughs> I've been playing Total War. Warhammer 2. Yes. The second one. The second um, one. He's not been playing it as well. Total War, War and Peace. <laughs> Um, yes, Total War or Warhammer 2. It's it's very good. Um, is it just more of the same, but like just like yeah? Better? Well, it's like it's it's weird. It, it, like so far, like I think I'm a lot more. I'm sort of more hooked than I was by the first one, which I which I did really enjoy. Because mm. essentially, they're releasing this trilogy of Total War Warhammer games. Oh, they're doing a third, are they? Yeah, because they're basically trying to get include all of the different uh, Warhammer fantasy factions. Right, because um, it's ba- yeah, it's based on the now defunct Warhammer Fantasy World that got yeah. rebooted into what is currently Age of Sigma. Um, kind of. So yeah, each basically each game has like four playable races plus yeah. a, like a whole load load of DLC. So the, the Total Warhammer One started with four races, uh, and a fifth that was like a pre order DLC. Mm. Um, and so Total War 2's had the same. Um, but the f- starting, like, a fr- like leading up to it, I wasn't that excited because I was looking at it. They they look very similar. You know, it's just kind of more of the same, but with mm. four new, new races. But it is a big improvement in just terms of, like, the... how they've integrated the story. Right. Like, it feels like there's far more of a narrative to your campaign. Oh, really? Okay. Than there was before. Yeah, because now rather than... Like the total, like because in Total Warhammer One, there was like there was a little bit of narrative. Like you had these quest battles that you could yeah. do, but that were like optional. That gave your your legendary lord, who was like your faction leader, like better items. Mm. And there was a little bit of like end of the world, well, not really end of the world, but basically there was a big chaos invasion. Who these big evil men in spiky armor would invade uh, and yeah. sort of pillage, and it was kind of up to you to gear up and get powerful enough to stop them mm. when they eventually invaded. But it was still very similar to the kind of Total War just colouring in the map Total yeah. like sort of just con- conquest. Whereas this time round uh, there's, there's far, there are kind of more objectives along the way. Right. So you can still win just by conquering everywhere but there's now an alternative win condition which is um you're trying to control this like magical vortex that is this kind of portal between the regular realms and the chaos realms, or something to do with that. And there's two sort of evil factions that want to break the portal, or like use their power for 
evil things and there's two kind of order factions who want to protect the portal and make sure that it's stable and the world isn't damaged by crazy magic and so, so you stupid Stupid question. What's the what are the the two? Because I have not yeah, so researched. Much yeah, so enough. the yeah, so the four factions this time around are there's the lizard men who are sort of Aztec dinosaur men that ride other bigger dinosaurs and are led. <laughs> How come and they, they are sentient ones? That's so. Uh, and because they are supposedly the like, so they're led by these like psychic toads that float on big thrones i don't know nice and oh, they nice. so like what there's like the i think in the lore there were the the original like old ones who are these mystical beings that created the world and their children were these psychic toads that kind of float around and I mean, obviously, they're not they're not really physical fighters, but they're <laughs> obviously he says I mean, obviously <laughs> <laughs> they just sit on their big float they sit on their stone floaty chairs and just do crazy crazy magic. Okay, um, nice. And they're the leaders, and then you have the lizard men who are dinosaur lizard people. Yes, who and ride ha- so you have like, and they ride dinosaurs. Sick. It's, it's it's great. I, I mean, they're 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 the, they're the campaign that I've started just because. So are they are they good or, or bad? So they are for the forces of part of the forces of order. Okay. Well, I think so that the yeah, so they're they're trying to like keep the portal okay. safe and right. Okay. Prevent the corrupting influences or something. Right. Yes. Uh, and so basically, you have to acquire. I'm not sure quite how it works for the other three, but you're trying to acquire or achieve certain objectives. That let you perform uh, like rituals to either break or support the portal, right? Uh, who, who are the other three then? I don't, I don't know. So you've got uh, you've got the dark elves and the high elves, and the high elves are kind of like your generic goody two shoes pr- sort of elf people. Who, yeah, you know, so not stoner elves. <laughs> no, they're kind of like lofty Elrond, like Elrond. Yes, yeah, s- snooty Elrond yeah. types. Yeah, you. Your uh, classics, yeah. and then you've got uh, the dark elves, who are kind of edgy BDSM yeah. masochist, masochist types, <laughs> who kind of Punk like spike, who like spikes yeah. and pointy things. Um, the, it's not a phase, mum. Elves, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, and last of all, the Skaven, who are rats, nah, the rat bastards. Yeah, the rat bastards. Uh-huh. Um, and yeah, like they. They all feel pretty different, or really. like the the Blizzardmen feel really unique. The Skaven re- look really unique because they have like just you know they're rats and lizards. They look look just super distinct. Mm. Um, I think yeah, like the Dark Elves just like killing things a lot, and they have like a unique power where the more things die during a battle, they get like battle frenzy. And so, like, you have a meter at the top that charges up as you kill people, and then it, it like fills up, and they they go mad like crazy. What are the uh, are the changes then between this one and the previous one? Like, it's it's not there's nothing like huge because like obviously like it's kind of an iteration, but yeah, like starting the campaign, it feels really nice having these objectives because they kind of add like a pace to it because 
because before, like, off in the previous Total War games, both, like, the historical and, I guess, the first Total War Warhammer, like, the way I'd play is I'd always end up, like, setting my own objectives. Like, right, I want to conquer that faction for whatever reason yeah. and take those. And so you'd have these moments where you kind of, you've achieved your set goals and you're kind of like, oh, I don't really know if I want to... Yeah. I don't really, like, obviously I've, I've got to paint in the whole map, but it's like... That you, you kind of have these lulls where it's like, ah, oh, I'm not super motivated to do anything right now. Because mm. I've got, you know, a sizable province. Everything's going quite well. To progress, yeah. I now need to, like, just declare war on some random person. Right. And just fight. Um, whereas in this, every time you put, like, you have these kind of, like, it's like five rituals that you perform and when you you sort of initiate performing the ritual and it kind of triggers like it triggers this notification whether you're doing it or someone else is doing it and so the the other the other big factions can like pay mercenary groups to come and attack you and also it causes uh chaos warriors who are kind of angry men to come and the angry sort of, men they like come through the portal and just come and attack your sort of ritual sites so it like nominates some right. cities that you control as the kind of ritual sites and so you kind of got to prepare to do the ritual you activate it and then you kind of got to defend yourself and so like I was I just did the second ritual and had been super powerful and then suddenly everyone starts attacking me and I'm now massively on the back foot kind of scrabbling like bringing my armies home mm. that had been out conquering I'm now sort of trying to defend my, like, I lost two, like, crucial cities that, like, right. were most of my economy, and now it's kind of trying to rebuild up, so it's kind of, it's, it's adding a nice pace to it, but also the diversity of the races that you're getting to face mm-hmm. is far more mixed up than before, because it includes the, um, all the races from the first game oh, okay, as, yeah. like, passive... Cool. Not passive, but like as AI factions. Right. right. So all can... the units that were in the first game are now in the second game. Right. And at some point they're going to release uh, an update which combines the two games. So yeah, you can play as any faction nice. with the two maps combined in just a kind of grand conquest thing. Super map. Um, and like cool. the first game did have like a really diverse set of races. But it was something about the way that they were on the map meant that you would only you were usually only fighting one at a time yeah like it was all about you know where where does your guys start and like who's near you and then there were some like despite being a total war there was like there was past the point where like sometimes you'd like run out of reasons to declare war like once you'd once you like defeated your like mortal enemies it was just like all right so you know there's some dwarves all right yeah you're just like oh what, just, can they just end up steamrolling them a bit yeah there like... was a bit of a i think there was a bit of an element in the first game of just past a certain point once you're powerful enough it's just like biding your time and waiting for the for it to end basically yeah like it was like you know if like you were the dwarves it's like cool i guess i just i just fight orcs for the next 50 turns yeah and then once i fought my way through the orcs then i can have a go at the people that border them Whereas in two, everything's far more mixed up because they've got such like a a pool of they've got the whole games like the whole previous game to draw on for like smaller AI factions. Mm-hmm. So like starting as the lizard men, 
you start on the kind of fantasy version of the kind of Mexican peninsula because you're essentially just like where the Aztecs were. Because yeah, the right. men ha- like have the kind of those sort of step pyramids and the Aztec clubs and the kind of all their kind of gods kind of mirror the the kind of Aztec culture. Yeah, uh, and so you start and then you and you have uh, they're called the New World Colonies, who are basically the empire, the human faction from one, like they're kind of you know sort of conquistador types. Have okay. settled and formed a faction in the jungle, and then you've got uh, like dark elves to the north, uh, and like orcs, and then they're also they're called they're called rogue armies, which are just armies that can be m- like a mix of units from loads of factions that just roam around. Uh, that's cool. Oh, just fanning about. Yeah, and I think they are they can be paid by other people to interfere with you when you start doing rituals and stuff. Arseholes. So like they won't. So they're not immediate enemies. They'll just raid. So like, right. uh, unless they're like paid to go to war with you. So yeah, you're like you're fighting it. Like you've got this kind of immediately, very immediately, you've got uh, like a diverse set of enemies to be fighting. Um, cool. Yeah, and it just feels a bit, feels a bit better. Like I'm excited to try out try out the other races. Um, and they've just gone a bit further with kind of unique, like race abilities and stuff. Uh, yeah. Cool. I, I'm. I must admit, I, I don't really have an interest in Warhammer, but it does sound in sounds better than like good. Like having like this sort of really interesting. It's almost like a like a, a strategy miniatures game at this point, really, isn't it? With all like the special abilities everything has, and all like the all the tweaks you can make, all like the RPG elements, which is so much more than you had in like the traditional. Yeah, like because your your character, like you. Because you equip like your leader and all your yeah, so you can you can unlock sort of equipment and stuff for your leaders and yeah. yeah, there's a lot more to it than kind of previous games and there's a lot of, sort of little, like micro story elements that they've added in and the way your leaders gain traits feels yeah. feels a lot better like if they constantly beat a certain race they'll get like a bonus against that that faction oh, cool. or if they're cool. constantly in a place that has low public order. Yeah. They might get like a bonus to like a passive bonus to public order, and it'll say like they gain the the you know like the firm trait because they constantly increase the like the order of a region or yeah yeah that's cool. I do kind of wish that the we'd go back to having like just sort of historical toll wars again. I, I just I kind of miss having one. They are they are working on one. Like, I think there's what yeah, era there's are a, they doing? Do you know? Uh, it hasn't been announced. They gave a very there was a very mysterious screenshot of like some trees. Uh, um, but that's that's all they've said so far. Yeah, I, I, I think I think it's because okay. they they're trying to get all of all three out probably as soon yeah. as quickly as possible. Yeah, for Warhammer because they're all meant to interlock. Mm. I think it's probably difficult if you're like if you suddenly need to change engine or anything. Because they don't want yeah, to be. Because yeah. I guess they all need to be able to work together. So if they suddenly need to change engine or upgrade too much, yeah, because they like, all cohes together, don't like, they? Like, so. yeah, like you don't want the first game to have aged so much that by the time you need to release the last game, like it yeah, looks dated. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm excited because the, the the first one improved loads over the course of its life with all the DLC and stuff, and basically they've. Like that added some of the story elements in 
that they kind of have improved upon in two. So they've really cool. like learned. Cool. Sounds good. I I can't it's think of a segue after we talk about Cuphead. Right. Right. I guess briefly, I think because we are. Uh, we're running long. Ooh, we're running on. Yeah. We're running on a bit here. Right. Although I th- I'm going to need some time to explain the complex lore and uh, frankly layered backstory of the video game Cuphead. Okay. Um, there you are a uh, not a man. You're some kind of uh, being. You have a, a cup for a head. Okay, I can picture this. Um, there is a straw that comes out of your cup. Whoa. You have a friend called Mugman. Import, um, he does not have a straw. He does not have a straw. He, no, he does. He does have a half straw, doesn't he? Does he? he? Oh, yeah. Oh, I, thought, you, I thought one of them one, didn't have one, a straw. one has a blue straw, one has a red straw. All right, okay. But really importantly, uh, what do you think is in uh, Cuphead's head? Um, it looks like a teacup, but you wouldn't drink tea with a straw. So, but that, like there is there is a liquid in there. There is a liquid. I don't know what it is. Maybe it's just like it kind of looks like milk. It could be milk. It could easily be Cuphead's pish. <laughs> um, wait, 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 you wouldn't wait. want to drink he does, it. He's just jumping, though, doesn't he? So it doesn't why like, the liquid okay, as he falls, the liquid will fall out over him. You know like how if you move a cup I down get, really get quickly, wet all the time. It falls out. Horrible, really. Yeah, you because know, of uh, gravity. So is it like a solid? Maybe, maybe he's just like. Well, I've, he's been in the, the pictures I've seen, it does it does slosh around, but not that much. Doesn't maybe it's out. like a. It's like a sort of like ketchup. what's it? Uh, like a non-Newtonian fluid. So like if it, <laughs> it like takes too much shock, it like hardens. Yeah, so it doesn't spill out. Completely. It's like custard. It's custard. There we are. It's custard. It's, yeah, there you go. It's magic custard. Yeah, yeah. Corn so, flour so custard. These, yeah. These two. These these two guys. These two um, beverage container guys uh, go to the Devil's Casino, make a deal, and then they have to go and uh, basically kill people for the Devil. Um, that, that's basically it. And you go around and you you batter the fuck out of a bunch of bosses. Cool. Um, I played it at a friend's house. I've not played a huge amount of it. It is very very difficult. Yeah. Um, it looks beautiful, it, though, I must say. It does. It oh, my God. Like it, yeah. Like, I love the art style. I spent a long time so just good. looking at the Steam like the Steam page photos and little videos. Yeah. It has, it, it's, it's one of those kind of unfortunate games, almost, in that it has really, really nice art, but it, it's one of those games that's kind of... It seems to be selling really, really well, but it's, like, it's the kind of thing that... Uh, it's probably quite a, a measured move. I imagine they might have come up with this idea of making like this like contra style boss shooter and then like thought maybe maybe they thought how can we how can we sell this to normal people well, as anything other than like a, a slightly weird niche thing i don't know like i think i really i think it started as just like they really liked the sort of 30s style because yeah the whole thing is i think i'm pretty i think it is hand-drawn of like yeah, it looks yeah, it yeah okay yeah just this absolutely like gorgeous 30s cartoon and you just watch it it's like it just looks like uh, it, the whole thing was just completely animated mm-hmm. I mean, in the sense that it, you're not like it, you know it looks like you're just watching a cartoon rather than a game yeah, that yeah, is being does. played with the inconsistencies that you might see from like yeah like it's very it's really really well animated like there's no weird sprite movement or anything like it just it works really well 
Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. I guess I guess that must be how it's originated. But yeah, it's just kind of weird because it is a it's a staggeringly hard game. In like one thing I saw people talk about is um, it's kind of an unusual genre because it's a genre that's kind of kind of suffered a bit in a way, apart from in like more like obscure almost indie titles. Because I feel like there's there were some people that for some reason were expecting it to be like a like a, either a kind of Metroid style game or like a Mario kind of platformer thing, mm. but it is like it is like a, a really tight like laser focused like kind of sh- like shoot 'em up game like yeah. a a kind of yeah like a Contra or, or something from that kind of what vein. What does he shoot out of? Of his straw? Um, his, his, his hand. Ha- he, yeah, I've seen that he shoots like. He's just like they're like pink sort of pellet like a, things. Yeah, like he like makes a gun. Cowboy. He makes like gun fingers and just shoots uh, out. Yeah, cool. he gains magic powers from a teapot, and yes, cool. But yeah, it's it's painfully difficult. Played it with all my friends. Like we we sat around, swapped controller, um, passed it around when we died, which was a lot. It's got multiplayer, doesn't it? It's got co-op. It does. There is two-player, but um, we only had one controller. Ah, <laughs> there we are then. <laughs> so, yeah. Cool. Very good. It gets a thumbs up from me if if you're if you're into that kind of game. Yeah. Because it, I think it, it does deserve to come with that warning. that it has, it has a reduced difficulty setting, but it also, the reduced difficulty excludes some parts of the game. Oh, really? In, at the end. Like I think you can't, you basically can't access the last like ten percent of the game unless you play it on regular. Right. Um, and plus, I think it skips parts of boss battles, things like that. Right. And but it is, it's the kind of game that I think you can improve at it over time, definitely. But mm. it does require a lot of coordination and strong timing and stuff. Yeah, a lot of pattern learning and stuff from bosses. Yes. It looks lovely. It's the sort of game that I probably like, like to maybe watch someone play through a little bit of it probably never play it myself because i'm just not yeah like that <laughs> good so it's just it's a beautiful game to just watch like. yeah <laughs> i look forward to seeing speed runs of it like, like oh, this yeah. is the definitive video that you can just see the game being very pretty yes <laughs> much like in like a 30 minute time frame i don't know it's probably not yeah. long enough but you know what i mean just watch the uh the prettiness yeah i can imagine it being pretty short once you uh once you learn it and you can like beat every boss first time cool yeah it's very good thumbs up excellent you have a quiz for us maybe i did i yawned um do we have time for a quiz how long have we been running nearly an hour and a half an hour 20 should we should we wrap up with a quiz should wrap up with a quiz okay right so i have been playing valkyria chronicles recently which is a very good um turn-based strategy game Think of it a bit like XCOM, but instead of having percentage chances to hit, you kind of aim the reticle to shoot, which is quite cool. And um, as I was playing it, it's something I've been playing to play for ages. Um, as you recruit characters, they all have different personal traits. Some of them are sort of your average sort of thing, like they they want to be like the best sniper, so they have like good confidence in their sniping, or like they they. Um, they're really good friends with this other character, so when they're, they're stood next to each other, they get a bonus. Some of them are mental, so I thought I'd do a quiz where I'm going to read you out some personality traits of specific characters, and you're going to try and guess which is the real one and which is the, well, which is the real one of the three that I have. Two I've made up, one is real. 
All right. I botched that I, explanation slightly. But... I have played this game. So right. when I do very embarrassingly poorly, <laughs> it is entirely down to my own incompetence. Okay, I okay. have never played Valkyria Chronicles. This is the one that's kind of anime-looking people with a kind of World War Two style. Yes. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's sort of like yeah, but kind of it's a... funked up. Yeah, it has like more like like they're not. It doesn't, it doesn't look like, it, like it's just they're kind of in this sort of that kind of Second World War anime uniform. Yeah, it draws things. inspirations from that. So a lot of the, like, the villains, as it were, kind of are drawn from that sort of Nazi Germany sort of thing. And there's a bit of like, there's a bit of like weird magic stuff going on. Yeah, yeah. And it's a bit unfortunate, really, the magic stuff because, especially apparently in the new game, like the best parts of the old game are basically when it's like war bits rather than a. Magic bits. Like, like, oh no, it's the super-powered people again. Yeah, it's yeah, like, I oh, great. kind of agree, yeah. yeah. Magic. Anyway, magic. quiz. What is it good for? Exactly. exactly. War is good, magic sucks. <laughs> it's, no, it's good. Anyway, let, let's, let's start. So I've got, I've got five, five things, um, five questions. So let's start off with the first one. So, Ica Thompson, she, her three personality traits are pollen allergy, fear of heights, cannot swim. Which is the real one? And these are all soldiers, by the way. Right. These are all people. Paul and allergy is what I'm going to say. <laughs> uh, so I think I remember that one. Cheating, but I'm going to go. Yeah, oh, that was my first thought. That's good. Yeah, pollen allergy is correct. So heavy pollen allergy means a steady drain of HP when standing near too much plant life. These are soldiers. This game is insane sometimes. <laughs> yes. I, I was thinking to myself, like, I didn't remember there being a height-based one, and I don't think you can swim at all in the game. <laughs> no, you can't. That's true. <laughs> I feel like there should be a height-based one, because there's quite a lot of places you can climb up to. Hmm. Um, yeah. And lots of, like, taking advantage of the terrain and stuff. I'm surprised yeah. there wasn't one, to be honest. But uh, Alright, so, Carl Landsat. Is he short-sighted, lonely, or does he have anger issues? Um, I'm going to say... Anger issues. Um, I can't remember. I am going to say... Lonely. Gav is correct again, unfortunately. Lonely. Hey, hey. Loneliness soon sets in when no allies are nearby, leading to increased evasion ability. Again, all nice. soldiers. All of these are soldiers. All of them are soldiers, yeah. <laughs> so here we have Ted Ustinov. Does he have a metal allergy, a crate allergy, or a trench allergy? <laughs> I'm going to say metal allergy because that's a great pun. I, <laughs> I don't think it's going to be a crate allergy. I'm going to say trench it, trench maybe it's metal george wins oh, on fuck yep. it, it, i mean yeah it, it was metal it wasn't metal and he just no no metal. he has an allergy <laughs> to metals so there are tanks in the game basically he is a lancer who if you get too close to a tank he starts to die <laughs> his point is that he hits tanks <laughs> it's ridiculous yeah he's allergic to tanks or other metals that appear in the game it's ridiculous <laughs> right, so Susie Evans, is she egotistic, anxious, or is she hu- a humanitarian? Egotistic. 
Um, I, I'm gonna say humanitarian for some reason. Yeah, it's humanitarian. She, uh, but it, after she shoot, if she shoots at someone and hits them, she refuses to attack for another round. That just Again, sounds awful. Soldiers. <laughs> that is not good for being a soldier. Is it? <laughs> that just sounds sounds useless. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's ridiculous. And then we've got uh, Nose Noise Noise Wordsworth. Does he have noice. a bad Noise Noise N O N O C E? I'm trying to remember how he says it in the game. <laughs> Something like that. Anyway, he says, does he have a bad leg, a bad head, or a bad back? Bad. Leg, I think he's got a bad head. He ha- you're both wrong. He has, in fact, got a bad back. Fuck. Yeah. Don't know why I thought bad. Whatever. Head. He, like, this thing is. Never heard of anyone having a bad head before. <laughs> Bending over to crouch puts a strain on their weak back, causing their defense to drop. <laughs> Again, <laughs> who, like, who who recruited these people? <laughs> Basically, you play as the. Uh, <laughs> like the bottom of the barrel, pretty much. Like, like, the recruitment of... office. Yeah, I'm not really okay with shooting people. Is that going to be a problem? I mean, I no. think... I've got oh, a really bad back. I'm, I'm allergic to so, your... <laughs> One of the, I think the, the story element is basically that you play as the, uh, I don't know, kind of like, almost like a, like a Switzerland kind of place that is like... Yeah. We don't want to be involved at all. Leave us alone, please. Yeah. But then they're like, Invaded. no, we want your resources. Yeah. So, so, yeah, they just don't have good soldiers. No. no. <laughs> <laughs> Which is how... What's your guy's, like, obsession again? Is it animals or something? Yes, yes. It's a and bit... <laughs> which is why he becomes, like, an inexplicable, like, commander, even though, like... Because, what, he's at, like, the university studying, like, studies... animals? Yeah, yeah, yeah. he wants shit. to be a teacher or something as well. Yeah, and it's just like it's like no, you must you must drive a tank now. Yeah, there's a brilliant bit where he gets arrested at the beginning for looking a bit dodgy, and he's been taken away, and he's like, he was taking drawing <laughs> some fish that were in a river, and he goes, <laughs> being taken away, he's like, thanks, fish, <laughs> best line. <laughs> fish got Very arrested. Good. It's good. It's, it's it's really good. It looks really nice as well. Actually, it's another one of those games that has like a really nice, distinct art style. It has this sort of like pencil finish to all of the um, yeah. uh, all the character work and backgrounds. It's really good. It uh, is very nice. It is. And do you want to know who the winner is? The winner is Gav. It's a draw. What? Oh, really? That's why Gav I never got three. Yeah, yeah. Gav went trench, bad head. You got. You both got the last one wrong. Gav got. I swear I only got two. Pardon? I swear Gav got three and I only got two. No, you got two each. Yeah, I got, I, I got the one right where it was pollen, and which you also got, didn't you? No, I got... No. Uh, yeah, I thought you said... Yeah, the, you went... Yeah, 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 uh, no, I did. We both got the first one right. Yeah. 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 And the second second one, I think. Yeah. Anyway. Well done. Yep. On it's been a while since I played the game, okay? That's okay. Fine. That's fine. It's fine. No one's judging. Okay. Who's judging? <laughs> please don't. Please don't run a campaign. I've, I've <laughs> yeah. never. I've never played it, Gav. You're you're terrible. Shocking. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> How have you not remembered these terrible personal traits you can get for your characters? <laughs> these like yeah, these weirdly like mundane things. Because <laughs> you and, and some weird things like being allergic to metal. <laughs> you unlock these. These are part of the unlocks of the characters. You don't start off with them all. <laughs> yeah. You've had, no, you kind of look bad what traits. The, what's the benefit? Surely that means you just can't hold a gun. <laughs> <laughs> Only wooden weapons for me, thank you, sir. Yeah. 
Yeah, he, he has, they have to. He has to use the uh, those like polymer weapons they develop to imprison Magneto in X Men. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, it's a good game though. I, I've been um, meaning to play it for ages. I got it on PS3 ages ago, but then my disc tray stopped working in the PS3, so I was like, Urgh. Uh And I finally started playing it on Steam now, which is pretty good. It's good. I'm enjoying it. I recommend it for people who like sort of turn-based strategy games. It's decent. It is very unique. It is. Apparently the second one is on Vita, so I might be able to crack on with that afterwards. I think it's a PSP game, but yeah, I think it is playable on Vita. And the third one's not being released outside Japan, apparently, which is a shame. No, but then they released the most recent one outside of Japan, and it was shit. Yeah, apparently it's really bad, which is a shame. Unfortunately. I think they they dumped the, the whole pencil style. Yeah. Um... And it's, and it's basically all game, magic it? stuff now. Yeah, it's like full on action. It's real time as well. Yeah. It's just like, if I'm alright, yeah. I'll pass. What a shame. Rest in peace. <laughs> we knew you well. What a somber end to the podcast. <laughs> I'm sorry, boys. Yeah. Uh, cup heads are now half empty. Cup <laughs> 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 And on, on that note, um, thank you very much for listening to the Bits and Pieces podcast. Um, if you found us without the website attached, you can find us at bitsandpieces.games or follow us on Twitter at those bits and pieces. No, that's not right, is it? Shit. You can follow uh, us no, on bits plus pieces. Bits plus pieces. That's that. it, yes. It's at bits plus pieces. Yes. The word plus. Yes, the word plus. Or follow us on Instagram at those bits and pieces. Or on Facebook at those bits and pieces. You can follow me personally, Nevada Drew at Nevada Drew, and you guys are uh, at underscore scruffy looking. And I am at GavBits. Cool. There we are. Thank you so much for listening, guys. Um, we'll see you next time. Goodbye. Goodbye. George died. I I just decided not to say goodbye. <laughs> no, he just hated. She's like, right, I, I don't I don't want to see these guys again. <laughs> way too cool for that. <laughs> yeah, chicken chickened out. I was like, I can't I can't decide how I should sign off. I just won't. <laughs> just leave it. I hope you recorded that bit. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, yeah, I have only just hit stop. <laughs>